never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that would like to wish you all a happy Star Wars Day. May the Force be with everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Drew. Uh, for the, I'll be your host this evening. My name is Drew. Uh, along with me, as always, my brother Peter. Wow. Here. Stumbled over, stumbled over <laughs> that opening, but hey. That's uh, right. I'm here. What's, what's going on? <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it in that. We'll fix it in post, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. I think it's funnier to not to make that to say we're going to fix it and then not fix it, but that's me. Um, Anyway, man, how was your Star Wars day so far? Because at the time of this recording, it is May the 4th, um, so how's your, <laughs> how's your Star Wars day going? Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, I've been keeping myself busy. Um, I can't say that I've been doing a lot of Star Warsy stuff. Like, I've actually been trying to get ahead of yard work this year and stuff, so I did a lot of that. Um I had a, I had the chance to watch the newest Moon Knight episode today, but that's obviously not Star Wars related. But um, the one cool aspect about Star Wars Day for me is I didn't realize that it was May May Fourth uh, this morning. I didn't know it was May the Fourth, and I woke up and uh, something just told me to wear a Star Wars shirt. So I have uh, one of my shirts is for the uh, Mandalorian. You know, it has. Uh, Din Djarin and the child on on the shirt and uh I don't know something just told me to put it on and then <laughs> it was about an hour or two later I feel like I started getting like seeing Star Wars memes or getting text messages like happy Star Wars day and it was just kind of cool that I serendipitously just decided to put that shirt on today so that was pretty awesome <laughs> but uh how about you uh you do anything Star Warsy for the day no, I was ungodly busy. I worked late at work. Um, the most Star Warsy thing I got was I watched the Obi Wan trailer that dropped yes. um, because it's a Star Wars. It's a May the Fourth specific episode uh, Obi Wan trailer, so that was great. Um, but uh, and I watched Star Wars during my lunch break at work because it was on TBS. Um, <laughs> but it's it's funny to me because so many people today because they know like people I work with they know I'm a massive Star Wars fan so they're always it's your holiday today May the Fourth be with you and it was all the time <laughs> and it I think what I think is funny about May the Fourth is and this is gonna sound real snobbish to be a Star Wars fan to say this but yes May the Fourth great Star Wars day I love it but a true Star Wars fan knows that the real holiday is May 25th because that is the anniversary of the original film. Just saying. However, in the, realm, in the realm of things, the majority of the Star Wars movies were all released in the month of May. George's birthday's in the month of May. So really, this is Star Wars month. But when people come up to me and say, hey, happy Star Wars Day. Lately, my response is every day is Star Wars Day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you drove that point home because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> right. 
but no, ultimately, like, it's always good, and, you know, I, you know, you listen to the music in the car, like, I listen to the soundtracks quite a bit, so it's, like, kind of a repeat thing nice. in the car, so you have it on, and, you know, it's just, it's just, I mean, Star Wars Day is always a good day. Um, anytime anyone wants to talk about Star Wars, it's a good day. Um, but, yeah, so, it's, today is May the 4th, um, you mentioned you watched Moon Knight, uh, we're gonna have to yes. cover that review, because I worked late, and it's been a crazy busy day. And I did not get a chance to watch the episode yet, so we're gonna have to curb our Moon Knight discussion to next week, if that's okay with you. Unless you have yeah, any, that's fine. Unless you have any quick bites, you want to just say who I loved it and then leave it at that. That's fine too. Um, but if you want to just wait, we can do that. I can say that a little bit. I can say I loved it, and uh, this last episode was awesome. And it's kind of where I wanted the series to be the entire time as far as um not just the excitement level but just all the cool stuff i'm really looking forward to that because you know it's like we've talked about in a couple weeks before am i breaking up yeah bad hello (laughs) can you hear me yikes okay i I shouldn't be okay i mean i don't think it's my internet but it's showing me i have full connection so um you there yeah, I, I checked everything before, so I, I, I think I should be good, but... I heard, um, I heard you did like it. It's what you, it's not necessarily what you were expecting it to be or what you were hoping it to be, and then that's where you started breaking up real bad, so... No, no, I, <laughs> I actually was saying the opposite of that. It's kind of what I was hoping the full series... Oh. Like, well, I, I wish that every episode would have been like this last episode, because the two previous episodes were a little bit... I guess it was mostly the one right before this was a little slower moving, but it's kind of it kind of needed to be. But it's one of those things that it's pretty similar to what we've been talking about actually pretty recently on the show is that, uh, you know, right now in Moon Knight, we're at a place where they've established their universe and the lore and everything. So, you know, next season is just going to be lit and that's going to be awesome. So, right. But I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything. We'll go in depth next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll we definitely will go in depth next week. Um, did you watch anything else? I watched a lot of trailers <laughs> that came out, but otherwise I've been really good at keeping myself busy. So you mentioned Obi Wan. I did get a chance to watch that. Okay. Um, as well as some of the other trailers, which I'm pretty sure you did as well. So. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to dive into those or if you have other things on the plate you wanted to talk about. Well, so we talked a little bit about me starting an adult D&D game. Um, So I officially started that. The first session went really, really well, Um, at least in my opinion, it went really, really well. Um, But it's like all I did since the time we recorded to now is do D&D related stuff and then watched a handful of trailers. So I only have <laughs> I only nice. have trailer reviews. I didn't watch anything new. Um, okay. So, um, which kind of bumped me out a little bit. I wanted to watch. Uh, I was looking forward to turning on Star Wars Gallery today because the gallery episode of Book of Boba Fett dropped today for Star, uh, Star Wars Day. But I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't even squeeze that in. I was so busy. So <laughs> anyway, trailers. Let's talk about those. Um, first, let's talk about weird. Um, because the the first trailer for Weird dropped. I'm just going to kind of do them in the order that I watched that I think that like the most entertaining for me. Um, but so Weird dropped. Uh, what do you think, man? So 
I have mixed I have mixed thoughts. Um, I think this trailer was brilliant, especially with how how it started, because it starts and, you know, it's a live performance. And then you hear the background and you see this background band start to play um, like a virgin by Madonna. And then, you know, the camera is right behind whoever's going to be singing the song. It's like right behind their head and you can just see the silhouette. And of course, it's Weird Al and he's got that sort of like curly he's got that curly hair. Um, and it the way that his silhouette looked at first it almost looked like it could have been like an, a silhouette of like Madonna from the eighties. Like, I feel like she's had short haircuts where like that silhouette that they first show him, it almost looked for a set, like for a second, like it could have been Madonna. And then you hear him singing and uh, his head comes into the lighting a little more and you're like, Oh no, this is weird Al. So I thought that was actually a really brilliant way to uh, kind of throw the audience for a loop. I thought that was really good. Um, and otherwise, like, I think this movie looks really good. Like we've talked before about how this Weird Al is definitely a character who there's a story to tell with him, you know. So I, I think this looks really good. I don't know if I'm completely sold on Daniel Radcliffe still. Like, I think he's going to be decent. And from what I've heard, Weird Al actually really wanted him to play the role. But I still just don't know if I'm sold. And that's the only complaint. Like, I'm going to be watching this and I'm probably going to love it. But I just don't know <laughs> if I'm sold on uh, Daniel Radcliffe for this role. So I am completely with you on that one. Oh, uh, wow. OK, yeah, completely. And like the trailer looks great. Like all the stuff that I was excited for, the trailer looks great. The problem is, is like, I'm just not sold on Ratcliffe playing the character because there's a couple spots where I'm like, dude, that's totally, he's got it. And then there's yeah. like just a couple bits in the trailer that I'm like, it's still not Weird Al, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, um, I think Weird Al's like, he's one of those people whose voice, I, th I feel like I know his voice pretty well just from seeing him and other stuff and interviews and stuff. And every time Daniel Radcliffe talked, I was just like, yeah, that's not Weird Al, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I don't know if like we'll watch the movie and after 10 minutes, you'll just get used to it. But uh, no, what were you I, saying? And I could be I could be completely wrong. You know what I mean? Like it just maybe Dana Rodgers completely nailed it, but I'm totally in for this. I do think it's weird, though, that it's going to be a free streaming movie. Um, It's going to okay. be on the Roku channel and it's going to be free to stream. I don't know how I get access to the Roku channel, so I got to figure that out. But yeah. I, I really just want to watch this movie, um, but I don't I feel like this movie should be bigger and should be like a theaters only kind of thing. Like, I feel like there's more to this than just. I feel like it should be a bigger film, but that's my opinion. Uh, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. I thought it was I thought it was going to be like Netflix or something. So when I saw that it was Roku, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Sure, but sure. Um, I was going to I was going to hit Obi-Wan right now, but I feel like we should save Obi-Wan for the end. Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I'm literally like I was about to go on. A, I was about to like save Obi. I was about to save a different one for the end, but I'll save Obi Wan. Um, so the next trailer. Let's talk about Interceptor. Um, I did you watch this one? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, okay. This is one that I talked about several times because I found out it's coming, and then I found out there was an update and all that stuff. This is written and directed by Matthew Riley, who is my favorite author of all time. So I have a little bit of a biased opinion of my excitement going. I can't. I'm so glad we got to see the trailer. I can't wait to see it in its entirety. But 
the trailer looks like just a great action film, but the thing yeah. about it is it feels very original. It feels very fresh and new. Um, and it looks super intense. And this is that thing where I, because he's my favorite author, I kind of know what I'm getting myself into. So I was just with the trailer the whole way going, yeah, let's do it. This looks great. Um, it basically looks like uh, this female soldier. I'm not sure which branch of the military she is. She gets assigned to this um, offshore ocean base called the Inter it's an interceptor platform that houses nuclear missiles that are designed to shoot down other nuclear missiles. It looks like if that's what I'm getting from the trailer okay. and some terrorists take it over and try and take control of the nuclear weapons. And it's her and her team like are basically trying to keep the terrorists at bay. Yeah. So the concept is very like isolated, diehard kind of level on one thing, like one platform. And it's going to be a very isolated, close knit story, which is cool. Um, the action sequences look cool. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's a little bit of biased opinion, but at the same time, like it just looks fun and original and exciting. And here we go. So what do you think? Because I I could blow this up and I'll end up wanting to do an entire show just on the movie when it finally comes out. But what are your yeah. thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, I think um, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, like, I think this looks like a really good, solid action film. I think it looks really high stakes, and I like that. I like that it's the, you know, these terrorists trying to take over the ship that has, um, you know, all. I think it's in the trailer they said they they have 16 nuclear weapons, which you could pretty much collapse like i feel like the world economy with it <laughs> just that at your finger fingertips right. so it's it's really high stakes but i'm glad you mentioned die hard too because it kind of does feel like a 80s or 90s action movie as far as like not just the premise but just i don't know the uh the approach feels like something but I mean that in a good way. It feels like something from the 80s or 90s that just seems like a classic, just like really good action movie. And, um, you know, of course, the the fight scenes and stuff that all looked really cool, too. So I'm just I'm excited about this one. I don't have too much to say, really, but I just think it looks really solid. So, yeah. <laughs> OK, cool. I'm glad you're excited about it because I'm, I'm like because the way I talk it up, I'm like, man, I'm going to talk it up and then people are going to just shit on it. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's not it's your departure from your Marvels and, you know, DCs and your standard like, yeah, be fair right now. So it's just kind of like, are people going to watch or is going to get buried in the pantheon of Netflix? I hope it's a success because it's just it's something original and it's not tied to a franchise it's kind of its own thing and sometimes we need movies like that so it makes me excited yeah absolutely uh, another one other uh, sorry to just mention one other thing i really liked that uh watching the trailer i didn't recognize any actors in this movie unless i'm forgetting somebody but um the lead actress um elsa packy if that's how i say her last name she uh was from the fast and furious franchise okay uh she was in five and six i think if that's right but she uh that's where she came from so yeah i i, I just like uh to me like i actually kind of like when i don't know a lot of actors in a movie because it helps me like suspend my disbelief like it helps me get into it more because you're seeing like the actors portray the actual characters instead of thinking of it in a way where it's like oh brad pitt is doing this now what's brad pitt gonna do next you know you're actually seeing the characters as they're supposed to be as opposed to the famous personality playing a character. And so I actually thought that was pretty refreshing about it as well. Like 
at least for me, I didn't recognize anybody in, in the movie so far, and I think that's awesome. So Right. Okay. Now, I was going to talk about Obi-Wan earlier because the next trailer I want to talk about is the one I was saving for the end because I'm really <laughs> excited about this, and I'm really curious what your thoughts are. And that's the trailer for a movie called Don't Worry, Darling. Yep. Um, this movie, I clicked on it specifically because of Florence Pugh, uh, just cause she was attached to the movie. I was like, you know, ever since, um, ever since I saw her in, uh, fighting with my family, I just yeah. thought she was a really good actress. And then she lands the black widow role and you're just like, yes, more of her. This is awesome. And then this movie comes out. Don't worry, darling. And I'm like, what is this? And I click on the trailer and as the trailer progresses, I'm like, what is this? Um, this movie looks really, really cool. And I'm probably more excited about this than any of the other trailers I watched because you want to talk about originality and like what is going on and like the mystery and conspiracies and stuff going on. This movie looks awesome. What do you, and I don't even know how to describe what it is. It kind of gives me like this weird, um, uh, Stepford wives crossed with the 13th floor crossed with, um, okay. Yeah. Do you know what I'm like? I'm not 100% sure what the movie's even about, but it just looks intense, creepy, like really cool. Like, what do you think, man? Like, I, I really got 13th floor vibes out of this completely, but go ahead. Tell me what, uh, what do you think? I don't I know. Was gonna, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I could see the 13th floor comparison because there's actually a handful of Black Mirror episodes that this reminded me a little bit of as well. But uh, yeah, I think this is another. Um, just this week, this is another trailer that I thought was pretty brilliant because the trailer starts out and you're like, OK, this is kind of a period piece. And you have these, you know, husband and wife couples and they kind of seem like they're living this like per perfect life. And then um, the tone of the trailer shifts at a point. And that's when it starts to feel like you mentioned, like step Stepford wives. And it's like, OK, there's something more devious afoot, but I'm not really sure what it is. And I was like are the wives up to something weird while the husbands are off to off at work or, you know, what exactly is going on. But as the trailer unfolds, it ends up being like, it seems like a really crazy um, conspiracy. Uh, I don't even know. Like, yeah, like this weird conspiracy movie that reminds me of like the Island in parts and yeah, reminds me of I like, getting, I was getting some Island vibes out of it too. Yeah. Or like, um, not like divergent, but a divergent sort of scenario where it's like a quarantined group of people who don't realize that they're in like this little pocket, um, like prison colony, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. there's a whole world out there, but these characters in the movie are kind of self-contained in this little area and they don't realize that there's a whole world out, out there i don't know what the correct words for that is but that's kind of another vibe that i was picking up from it um the only the my only complaint with this trailer because i do think it's it was brilliant and i do think there was a lot of twists in there that it was just like i did not see that coming i'm worried that the trailer shows way too much of this movie that's my only concern so far, but otherwise I think it looks awesome. I had that thought too, but I also had the thought that maybe they didn't show us remotely anything. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, and I love that there's a line at the end when Florence Pugh is like, she's complaining about something. They're all at the dinner table and she's like trying to like explain something. 
And Chris Pine interrupts her and says, you know, I'd really like to hear what you think is going on. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. There's a cool way to end the trailer. So, um, yeah, really good cast. Um, yeah, it's and I'm really curious to see just because um, Olivia Wilde kind of started taking a director's chair. And I think this is like one of her first movies out the gate. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. Moving on. So don't don't worry, darling. This movie looks really cool. I'm very excited to see it. Um, all right. Let's talk about Obi-Wan real quick. Um, this trailer definitely looks way more intense. Um I feel like it's like extra shots of stuff we already knew from the previous trailer. Yeah. So I don't feel like I saw anything special that made me go, ooh, look at that. Um, it was it was really kind of cool to see a little Darth Vader tease in there. But you know what I mean? Like, overall, it was just a really cool trailer that got me more excited to see something I was already excited to see. Um, and that's really kind of my review on the trailer, you know? Um, yeah, I'm in agreement there because... Like, yes, we did see a little bit of Darth Vader, which was awesome. But at the same time, if you're paying attention, we already knew that that was going to be the case. So, you know, that's awesome. But it's also like we already knew that was going to be showing up. But um, to me, my main takeaway from this trailer is kind of what you were getting at, too, with which is just this is going to be intense. Like, I can't believe how fast paced. Uh, this trailer made the show seem like it looks like it's going to be a roller coaster, which from the get go, nobody really would have expected that out of an Obi-Wan show. Like we all knew it was going to be good and it was going to be cool. But I think a lot of people were just like thinking of maybe like a slower show, you know, a more quiet show about Obi-Wan being this sort of silent protector of Luke on Tatooine, kind of more in the shadows. But this looks like it's really fast paced and really intense and uh yeah i'm definitely interested to seeing where this goes i don't know what else to say like it just looks cool no, I got <laughs> you know what i mean i gotcha um yeah no obi-wan looks great um hold on a second yeah okay this yep okay sorry i just there's i i was looking through the news because we're about to segue into news and i was like hold on there's a story i have something flagged here for don't look don't worry darling but nope it was just Mm. to remind me that uh the trailer was there (laughs) nice (laughs) Um, all right you ready to talk some news man yeah all right cool okay so news um there is first let's talk about some sad news real quick um because i don't know if you heard peter but uh this week uh Comic book legend Neil Adams has passed away. Yes, uh, yes. Um, yeah. Um, Neil Adams, uh, creator of Ra's al Ghul, Man Bat, Green Lantern's John Stewart, um, and many other things. Uh, Peter, you and I got a chance to sit down and actually just talk to him for like a good 20 minutes at a Comic-Con and record the interview. If you go back to our C2E2 episode from 2018, 2019, yeah. Yeah, I think that's one. Uh, I think that was one we got to sat, chat with him. He is um, he's one of those comic book artists that um, he was a legend. He's been around. He was probably around like I don't want to say the beginning, but he was definitely around for. Uh, yeah, like he was alive for pretty much almost all of it. Um, but he was like very heavily involved. But he knew like everybody like Stan and Jack and all that stuff. But so he had a, a lot of great stories. But at the same time. He was very involved with his own work and was very proud of the things he did and stuff. So, um, it was, you know, we lost a legend, but at the same time, he was a legend that brought us a lot of really cool stuff. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. He also um, he also helped uh, uh, Joe Siegel and Jerry Schuster um, get the sort of uh, recognition as well as compensation that they deserved from DC, you know, because, you know, they only created Superman. They only, you know, started <laughs> like started a lot of this it. stuff exactly <laughs> that we that we know and love. And, uh, you know, DC kind of more or less, you know, bought their property and screwed them over. And Neil, Neil Adams was one of the major voices to um, help them get the compensation that they deserved. Um, But also like, yes, we interviewed him at a C2E2 and that was amazing. Um, His contributions to the comic book industry. It's, there's no way that we could talk enough, talk him up enough to do it to do what he's done for the industry justice but uh one thing i did want to touch on which i always thought was like really cool was um i remember he was on an old episode of fat man on batman uh kevin smith's podcast and uh when he was talking about in that interview he was talking about when he first um started to work on uh batman comics he had like kind of like a set of rules that he gave to to the writers where he was like I never so one of one of his rules was he never wants to see Batman enter a building through a door. You know, he never wants to see Batman enter a room through a door. He needs to come through a window or an air duct or something. And just like a little touch like that increases the feeling of adventure in the story so much, you know, because he's Batman. Of course, he's not going to walk through a door like a regular person. He's going to there's going to be a more adventurous and visually interesting way for him to enter a scene. And I think Neil Adams seemed to really get not just Batman, but a lot of characters. Like I think he really understood a lot of the comic book characters he worked on at a like fundamental level. And it's, it's one of those things I feel like a lot of comic creators nowadays could probably take pages out of Neil Adams book, um, as far as like that approach that like you really need to fundamentally understand the character and um, make sure that what you're portraying the character um, doing, what you're showing them doing in your comic is really staying true to the sort of fundamental um, aspects that the, that the character should have, if that makes sense. Right. So, um, yeah. but Neil's definitely a legend and uh he definitely will be missed. So I didn't know if you had any more to uh, touch on with him, but not at all. We just lost the legend on that one. And I felt we had to talk about it. So absolutely. Um, All right. Um, Now in the realm of uh, superhero stuff, um, I think the CW is slowly getting out of the superhero game. Um, We know that arrow has finished his run. We know that Supergirl has finished her run. Um, they officially announced that Batwoman has been canceled, along with DC's Legend of Tomorrow. Um, Batwoman gets canceled after three seasons. DC's Legends of Tomorrow was canceled after seven. So Legends of Tomorrow had a pretty decent run, but it just seems yeah. like they're slowly working their way out of the game. Um, but bizarrely, the Wonder Twins movie has been canceled. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Well, I don't mean nice. We were just talking about this a week or two ago. Because uh, we were like, we were like, I can't believe they're going to make a Wonder Twins movie. And then the next week, we're like, you're like, I can't figure out who I want to play it. I'm like, well, interesting, because a cast has been announced. <laughs> right, right. They're like canceling the movie. Um, according to internal information, Wonder Twins is canceled. WB has not yet officially commented. 
Okay. So I don't know if this is 100% true, but when I saw this, I was like, wait, we just talked about the cast. <laughs> so um, uh, to be determined at this point in terms of my in, in my opinion. And um, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if this has to do at all with the Warner Discovery merger. Like, I don't know if Discovery is like, really, we're not going to do a Wonder Twins movie. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's that's where like some of those WB execs are like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And Discovery's walking in going, are you crazy? You 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 like totally messed up the Snyderverse. And now you're just going to like, let's see if we can figure this out on our own without Zach. Like (laughs) (laughs) Um, that being said, though, it looks like there's a Amanda Waller series in development at HBO Max. Interesting. Uh, with Vi- Viola Davis set to return. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is not a horrible idea, but this brings me back to a point I made a while back. Why are we not having a Batman show? <laughs> like, I just don't understand it. <laughs> really don't. Um, we had one in the 60s. We had the animated series in the 90s. We've had a couple other animated projects. But for some reason, we're going to do every live action character, including Superman live action. But for some reason, we can't do a Batman show. I don't understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, OK, um, let's talk about Marvel news real quick since we're on the superhero front. Um, across the Spider-Verse producer on the movie's grand scale. This is crazy. Um, this is from the producer of, uh, this is from the producer of the next Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie to -hmm. clarify amidst the universe hopping, um, across, sorry, amidst the universe hopping, there are 240 unique characters that had to be designed and modeled, but they're mostly minor or background. Okay. So there's going to be tons of cameo. The scale right. is grand, but the story is personal and center, centers on Miles and his family, along with Gwen and a handful of others. I think we kind of knew that, but to hear that there's going to be like 240 characters makes me really curious at the scale of cameo we're going to go. And I wonder how deep cut they're going to go. They could go. They could end up going deep cut in the realm of us not recognizing characters as deep comic book fans going, oh, I didn't even notice that one. You know, yeah, um, which could make the which could make it really cool in the sense of like that Ready Player One where you constantly have to look at the background for like stuff, you know, so who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Or like um, Lego Batman, actually, I was thinking like I'm kind of curious okay. if you watch Lego Batman, how many different DC or just Warner Brothers characters <laughs> appear on that movie? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't two to 300 to be honest so uh yeah yeah sounds really awesome though definitely gonna be awesome to finally see this when it comes out yeah all right um spider uh fantastic four news this is kind of sad but it also makes complete sense and i don't blame this spider-man director john watts exits marvel's fantastic four all right so Hmm. check this out John Watts has withdrawn as the director of Fantastic Four Reboot, claiming he needs a break from the superhero realm after directing the last decade in completing the Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't blame him, but yeah. You know, what I, you know what I'll say to this? He's not leaving because of creative differences. He's not leaving because him and Kevin Feige had a fight. He's not leaving because he doesn't want to 
like be involved with Marvel anymore. He just needs a break from superhero storytelling. And I would I respect that. I hate when they say this director's out and he left because of creative differences, because you know that there is more to that story. And that's like a cop out answer because they don't they can't tell you what really happened. This is a guy mm-hmm. going, I just need a quick breather and I'll, I can maybe come back, <laughs> you know. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, anything to add to that before I go on? Cause I have another directing piece of this. <laughs> no, I can appreciate it too. It kind of reminds me of, um, after Batman V Superman, uh, came out, I remember Hans Zimmer saying he didn't want to do any more superhero movies cause yeah. he had already done Batman twice and it was like a big struggle for him to come up with two unique scores for the same character. Well, um, and did, I feel like he's done a superhero do- movie since then. Well, he didn't just do Batman twice. He did Man of Steel, the entire Dark Knight trilogy, Batman versus Superman, a little bit of stuff for the Snyder Cut because he had to pass the torch to Junkie XL, and he did Amazing Spider-Man. Right, right, yeah. So the two Amazing Spider-Man films, and you're just like, yeah, of course he's burned out on superhero music. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And, like, you think of these big name directors and creators and stuff. A lot of people enter the movie industry, and, like, yeah, a lot of them do like superheroes, but typically that's not the only thing that you like, you know? Maybe they're like, well, you know, but I'd like to direct a sci-fi film or a fantasy film or, you know, maybe do a horror movie or, you know, they have other aspirations so i don't know a full decade of doing nothing but spider-man anybody would probably want to break you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay in the directing front kevin smith has revealed the first dc comics character he would do if he took over their movie universe um which i thought was kind of interesting um kevin smith says this this is a big quote so i'm just and we all know kevin smith can talk and it comes from uh one of his podcasts because he's got several podcasts he's, uh fat man and batman specifically So here's what he says. If I'm a smart business person and they gave me the DC universe to play with, the first thing I'd do is Superman because there's your Jesus. You get that right. Everything else would be effing easy. This is the first. All right. This is the first superhero, the effing blueprint, the prototype. This is a character that they should make more movies of more of than Batman, because he's a character that stands for effing hope and stuff like that. So I think you get the so I think you get that right. And I'm not saying I would do the best version of Superman. No, not at all. I would try like F to get that right, because once you nail that, I think everything else is effing easy. He's, he continues. Okay. Yeah, he continues. Superman has a lot of elements that are more challenging than Batman. We all love Batman because it's like I can be Batman. You can be Batman. He's the rich guy with an effing car and he's real emo. Superman gives you something to aspire to, <laughs> something you can really be the way that some religious people or the spiritual book, uh, look, spiritual look to Jesus They'll never be Jesus, but look at him. He's great. Model savior. Um, same way with Superman. Superman's just got a better outfit than Jesus. <laughs> you can tell a lot more stories because <laughs> Superman's got way more bad guys than Jesus. Jesus has got Pontius Pilate. <laughs> um, and then, uh, let's see. He continued a little bit more. Uh, Smith said, Green Arrow would make a lot of sense, too, but they made that show, and you're letting people down if you don't make a movie as good as the show that they watched on Fox six years ago. Then you're the effing idiot who ruined it. Uh, Green Lantern's a, uh, Green Lantern is a possibility because that's very magical. If you get that effing right, you could make the Guardians of the Galaxy in DC. But I think Superman, if you're being a smart business person, you know, um, the question, if I was being me, 
and that's for DC. Um, so he so Superman would be his choice going. If I'm smart, I would do Superman, but Kevin Smith constantly, constantly says the question is the character that needs a movie. And I kind of don't blame him. I think a question movie would be really cool or an HBO Max show about the question would be really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But then he says this and this one made me laugh. And that's for DC. Marvel, I wouldn't do anything. They're doing everything effing right. They need no help from me whatsoever. They got Kevin in charge. They have a Kevin in charge and he's effing brilliant. So they need no help from this Kevin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That made me laugh. But it was nice to hear him like really back like make more Superman. And how many times have we heard that the studios want to make more Superman, especially Discovery wants to make more Superman because they feel he's being underutilized. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. It's kind of <laughs> so all encompassing. It's hard to really comment more. I know. On it, but I'm like, that's pretty awesome. That because I'm like, I'm with you and I agree. We need a question show because I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, if you don't know who the question is, Google it. Uh, he's a DC character. He's like a private eye, but he's got no face and he's really cool. I thought, I think he, he um, of... I'm pretty sure Rorschach from Watchmen is kind of based on based him on, more or less. Yeah, probably. Um, okay. Uh, we mentioned that uh, E3 is being canceled this year. Um, right. The reason they chose to cancel E3, and I said that they'll probably the studios themselves, like the game companies, like Xbox, PlayStation, will probably do their own streaming press conference so everyone can see all their new stuff. Um, Xbox and Bethesda Games announce a June 12th showcase. Um, so to show, nice. their, show their upcoming stuff. So yes, it looks like we're going to get some of those things. Um, well, you know, if they return, if E3 returns next year, it will be 2020 E3. <laughs> Do you think that's why they're doing it? <laughs> wow. That, <laughs> wow. Maybe that's kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Um, Top Gun. I'm sorry, not Top Gun. Mission Impossible 7 is going to be titled Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Thought that was kind of a cool title. Um, yeah. Only because we knew it was two movies. So um, the seventh film is in theaters. Will release in theaters uh, July fourteenth, twenty twenty three. With the follow up, most likely called Part Two, is set for June twenty eighth, twenty twenty four. So yeah, I'm excited for Mission Impossible. I can't wait for Top Gun. Um, you know how uh, Top Gun, the original, had that uh, "Take My Breath Away" song in the yeah. middle of it. Okay. So Lady Gaga wrote the one for the new movie. Okay. Um, it's called Hold My Hand, Hold Your Hand. Okay. It's either Hold My Hand or Hold Your Hand. Anyway, um, the song's amazing. They released it already. Um, even if it's just there for the end credits, the song is amazing. Um, apparently, she wrote it with Tom Cruise, and it took them three years to write. Um, wow. Which is interesting, but it's... And she's apparently, like, super, super proud of it. But I listened to it. I'm like, this is totally, like, an Oscar contender. And then, yeah. like, the way people are, like, the critics have seen Top Gun. And the way the rave reviews are coming out of it, it's, like, I feel like it's already, like, on a pedestal right now. But um, so I hope it doesn't, like, curb my expectations. So I'm going to try and stay away from Top Gun news at this point. But the song's awesome. You can go listen to it now. Um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um I, I imagine it took so long because Tom Cruise is probably a hard guy to uh, find time to sit down with. He's probably pretty busy, as is Lady Gaga, I assume, as well. Um, 
But uh, I was also going to say, you know, this song isn't going to play just in the credits. This is a Top Gun movie. It's probably going to play six or seven times. No, film. it's probably at the very least. At the very least, it's, the, you know, the love scene song. But my point yeah. is the that the song's fantastic. It might be for something else entirely, but, you know. Um, all right. Speaking of movies with uh, crazy, like, spectacle, uh, James Cameron promises Avatar 2 will have the most immersive 3D available. I really don't know what that means. Um, we're, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he says we're pushing the limits even further with 3D with the high dynamic range, with the high frame rate, high resolution, and much greater reality to our visual effects. Every shot was designed for the biggest screen and the highest resolution and the most immersive 3D available. We set out once again to push the limits of what cinema can do. I don't really think James Cameron thinks he's making the next Star Wars, and I don't think that's the case. But I can't I just don't know how far you can much more you can take 3D when you have like things like 40X and Screen X and all those things. out. Yeah. You know, well, hearing the description makes a little bit more sense in my head because I haven't. I obviously haven't seen what this movie is going to look like, but I understand that they're using like top of the line, like the best available 3D technology um, to make everything as immersive as possible. Um, the high frame rate makes me wonder because I remember the Lord Hobbit the, movies. The Hobbit high frame rate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the Hobbit movies had a higher frame rate than normal. And uh, a lot of people think that it made like the audience feel tired. Like there's like a weird subconscious thing where if it's a high enough frame rate, it actually causes fatigue in the audience. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious how this is going to play out. But, Wouldn't uh, that yeah, definitely really interesting. If Avatar two puts us all to sleep and then like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that talk about bad press. Wow. Um, I will say that there is an Avatar two teaser out right now. It is one of the shortest trailers I've ever watched in my entire life. I didn't bring it up at the top of the show because I knew I was going to bring it talking about this show. The teaser is incredibly short. It shows oceans and some Navi chanting, and that is about it. And then at the end of the teaser, it says full trailer in front of Doctor Strange. Nice. So know that we're <laughs> all going, we're all going into Doctor Strange's weekend, seeing the full trailer for Avatar. So. Awesome. Um, okay, this story. I don't know what to make of this. Okay. I told you that my when I watched Fast and the Furious 9, it was the I was mind-numbingly bored throughout the entire movie, right? Yeah. Okay. So now we're going into Fast 10. Really don't after watching Fast 9, I just don't know how many more of these I can take. So, I don't know where I sit on the fence of like wanting really wanting to watch Fast 10. But what do you think is the least popular marvel film of the mcu if you had to guess and i'm not talking your opinion just least popular marvel film like just as far as like which one's been streamed the no, least amount just, of times or no, just you know when people talk about their favorites and all that stuff what do you think is the least popular film in the mcu my guess would be the incredible hulk i was gonna go thor the dark world okay well, my guess would have been The Incredible Hulk if someone asked me that question, and it's the one that I feel is always forgotten about, and it's the one people are going, you really don't have to watch. Okay. Like, I feel like it's yeah. the one you can really just straight skip because they jump right to Mark Ruffalo, and you can just get all your Hulk from there on forward. 
So in the realm of Fast 9, boring me into complete submission, um, the director of Incredible Hulk has taken over directing her abil- abil- <laughs> responsibilities for Fast 10. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I don't know what to make of that. So apparently he is Universal's top choice to direct Fast 10. It's not 100%, but it's just, I, I just don't know what to make of that. Thoughts? Do you know what else he's directed? No, and I'd have to look that up. Um, yeah. I don't know. I remember liking The Incredible Hulk, but I, it's I mean, been a while it's a long, since I've watched it. I like you know? Incredible Hulk for what it was, but I agree with everybody that if you wanted to skip a Marvel movie, that'd be the one to skip. Um, I just don't know. I'm so like, it's, it's Louis Leterrier. Yeah. I'm butchering his name, but... Uh, Okay, so he did Now You See Me and okay. Clash of the Titans. Well, and I liked Now You See Me, and that's and of the two you mentioned that of the of the ones we know he's directed, Now You See Me is my favorite one, and I could do he it. He did out. the uh, he did the Transporter movies too. Oh, okay, Those well, are probably I, the big I liked ones. The so. first one, the rest <laughs> right, just got real silly. Um, all right, I just I just think it's weird, and I didn't know what to make of that story. Okay, one more story, and I think it's weird. Um, the Barbie movie's coming out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know how you know how there's a song called "Barbie Girl" by a band called Aqua that came out in the late '90s. Yeah, real catchy song, right? Tragically, the Barbie Girl song won't be in the Barbie movie. <laughs> okay. And and I scratched my head a little bit, going. Not even in the end credits. <laughs> um, that just sounds like too easy of a pull. That makes no sense to me. Um, I mean, I'm not the guy in the studio pulling the strings, but that just sounds weird. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I just thought it was weird. <laughs> I guess. I don't know if I would have just assumed that it for sure would have been in that movie. <laughs> I, and I don't know if like, I don't I, know if the song like glorifies Barbie. It kind of... Uh, I feel like it's more tongue-in-cheek, like, stab at, like, Barbie and Ken and that whole thing, so. It is a little tongue-in-cheek. I don't know if I'd say it's a stab at it, but I feel like if you're going to make a Barbie movie, there's a couple things you have to have, and I feel like they have to check off the car, the convertible, whatever, the toy. Like, here's the thing. I I don't know much about Barbies, but I do know there's a car that everyone lost their minds over when it got released, and the Barbie dream house was a big, like, toy playset thing back in the day. Um, and then the Barbie girl song and you don't have to have it in the movie. I just feel like it's kind of a end credits thing. Like if it was me, that's where it would go. Like that's the song you hear when the credits start rolling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or that they'd have like a newer artist, like redo like the song cover. or something. Yeah. I could see yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, what? That's not going to be in the movie. That's weird. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, enough about that nonsense. Let's, Put the news aside because I'm all out of stories for the week. You want to talk okay. about uh, this week's list? Yeah, sure thing. Cool. All right. Uh, well, it's list time. So let's roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, Peter. Yes. Uh, um, this was your list. So you want to explain what we're doing? 
Yeah, we are doing our top five movies from 2014. And uh, yeah, there's not too much more <laughs> to it than that. But uh, this was a fun list to put together. Um, putting this list together, I kind of forgot how many. 2014? Yeah, 2014. Okay. Why did you did the right year, right? I was writing something down when you said that. Oh, okay. I thought to myself, oh man, did I do the wrong year? Um, <laughs> um but no, this is a. I didn't realize that this year there was just so many massive uh, superhero movies that came out. Like, uh, well, I mean, we'll get into that, but that's definitely a big chunk of my list. And also, I remember when this year came out, thinking man, there's really not anything from DC this year, but it was right between uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. So it is what it is. But uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this list or if you just wanted to jump in. There's nothing from DC? Oh, I didn't yeah. think there was really no. much from no, DC. Uh, Sin City 2. No, that's not DC. No, yeah, there's... Uh, no, and it was funny because... There was a movie I, when I was doing it, I was like, oh yeah, that's because that character was in that movie prior to Batman Superman. You know what I mean? Like, so the character actor was in that movie before. Right. Okay. Um, well, how about this? It's 2014. The best picture is Birdman this year. Um, and of the movies in 2014, I saw 71 of them. Okay. So I the, think I saw like. I always, I always do a count. I, I, every episode we do like this, I always give you a count. And so I saw 71 of the movies this year. So. Yeah, I did a count, too. And I think I was in the 40s or 50s. I forgot to actually write that down. But <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, it was like mid 40s or mid 50s, though, I think. I just can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. So, um, OK, well, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, uh, yeah, same. By the way, because of the massive slate of movies in here, um. Some of these movies I've talked a lot about, so I don't know how heavily I need to talk about them. So yes. um, some of these movies will be quick reviews, and I have a feeling you and I are going to match here and there. Um, so anyway, my first honorable mention is Edge of Tomorrow. Um, or All You Need Is Kill. Or um, Live, Die, Repeat. Live, Die, Repeat. Like it had six different titles because they kept changing it. Um, but Edge of Tomorrow is fine. Um, I really liked this movie. It's essentially a Groundhog Day meets combat with aliens. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I feel like it's a movie that I, I know it's supposed to get a sequel. I just don't know when we're getting it. So. Yeah, this uh, is. Oh, I didn't know if yeah. you had more to say. No, not I much was... to say. It's a really, I just think it's a fun movie. Um, and it's, it's basically Groundhog Day with aliens. So. <laughs> you know um this is i was just gonna say like this is a really good movie and it's a really cool movie i feel um like it's just pretty badass and uh it's um oh i was just gonna mention like the alien uh creature design is awesome in this movie as well and this is this movie is actually a manga adaptation which i feel like a lot of people don't realize so that's another cool little yeah. aspect and there so manga the manga is titled all you need is kill right as far as i know i've never read it personally but yeah i'm pretty sure okay. that's the manga title for it so okay because that's what i thought and then they had to change and then that was the same title of the movie and then they changed the movie to live die repeat and then they changed it again to Edge of Tomorrow, went for DVD release, because it released in theaters as Live, Die, Repeat. And then 
it uh, then it released in Blu-ray as Edge of Tomorrow, and I'm like, what movie are we marketing? <laughs> They're changing the title so much, you feel like you're living the same day over and over. Okay, sorry, bad joke. Um, I can move into my next. Sense, and maybe that was their point. Anyway, <laughs> um, what, what what's your first honorable? Right, so uh, my first one is, uh, I've talked about this movie so much, so I'm not going to go on and on, but uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, I went with the movie Tusk, which is okay. the ridiculous sort of horror movie about the uh, person who gets turned into an, or an I was going to say octopus, but into a walrus. Um, this movie is a really gruesome, really kind of gross horror movie about what I just said, but... My point was, this is a great movie to watch with friends. Um, a lot of people don't like this movie, but I think it's super entertaining and it's just super out there and weird. And uh, it has that sort of independent spirit, which the best, in my opinion, the best Kevin Smith movies have where they feel like just something that, you know, Kevin Smith's just being a weirdo and dreaming up this really bizarre movie and uh, putting it on screen. And uh, that's what I love about this one. So. Yeah, Tusk is a lot of fun, but it is bizarre, um, especially when you get to see, like, what he looks like after he's been turned into a walrus. And, like, it's a weird, weird movie. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, like, in the realm of horror and stuff, they had a lot of fun making that movie, especially when it came down to, like, the um, like the actual, I guess, makeup for the walrus itself and all that stuff. They had, they had some fun with this movie. Yeah, and I, I think it's like not everybody's gonna like this movie, but I, <laughs> I think at least at one point everybody should invite a couple friends over and watch Tusk. You know, have a couple beers, watch Tusk, and uh, just see what kind of discussions that leads to after you watch it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So my next honorable mention is a movie called That Awkward Moment, or yeah, That Awkward. Moment. Oh right, I've have seen you this one. You have. Yeah. This movie, this movie really, really surprised me. Here's the negative. This is my one criticism. It's the worst title for that movie ever. <laughs> the title is absolutely horrible. And that that is like the biggest like it, it's so stupid. Like when you watch the movie, not knowing what the title is, you'll watch the movie and like that was really good. What was that called? And when you say the awkward moment, it just the title doesn't fit at all. And it's like they're just they looked for some kind of like. They would say they went on the Internet and was like, what's a thing right now? And someone's like, well, there's that meme that's called that awkward moment when. And you're just like, yeah, but that has nothing to do with the movie. Well, anyway, it'll sell. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like some weird focused, tested title for the movie exactly. or whatever. It drives me nuts. That title sucks bad. But the movie is fantastic. And it's basically just it's ultimately just a rom com. But it's about a group of friends and the one falls in love with the girl and whatnot. But it's just it's really good. Like Miles Teller, Zach Efron, Imogen Poots. Um, it's just a really fun movie. I really enjoyed it. I was just surprised that, you know, they picked such a horrible title for it. But anyway. Yeah. You know, go ahead. No, I, I, I like this one, this one a lot. Um, sometimes uh, Zac Efron can rub me the, the wrong way, and I feel like he did a little bit in this movie. But um, overall, like, I thought it was a pretty solid, I want to say teen comedy, but the main, all the characters are in their 20s. But you know what I mean? It has that yeah. sort of raunchy comedy spirit to it, which is pretty fun. So, yeah. What's uh, your next one, man? 
Yeah, so my next one is, um, if you thought Tusk was a horrible movie to put on my list. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, my next pick, I actually went with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja right? Turtles. What's that? 302. No. Uh, I, went, I actually went with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Michael Bay-produced uh, Ninja Turtles movie. That's and a, uh, this is the first of the Michael Bays. Yes, this is the first of the Michael Bays. And I feel like this one's a little bit of a guilty pleasure because... I know this movie's ridiculous in a lot of ways, but I still do really love it. Um, and it was one of those things this year. Like I said, there's a lot of superhero movies that came out and there's a lot of these just big bombastic blockbusters. And uh, there was a couple other movies that almost almost made my list. Like one of them was uh, the movie Gone Girl, because I think uh, Gone Girl is like a really great film. But when I thought about it, I was like. Well, which movie do I actually want to sit down and watch? And uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as silly and uh, dumb as it can be, it also puts me in a good mood. And I had a blast the first time I saw this in theaters and stuff. So, yeah, it makes my uh, my last honorable mention there. So, <laughs> all right. Um, well, that kind of brings me to my first actual pick, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my first actual pick of the night is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um. I, I, there's not much to say about this. The movie's fantastic. Great soundtrack, <laughs> great cast. Great cast. It's added to the uh, Marvel pantheon. Um, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like I almost feel like it's cliche to say that you like this movie at this point. Um, <laughs> you're just like, of course you like that movie. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, everybody yeah. likes this movie, and that's why we uh, definitely matched for this pick <laughs> in this slot or no. Well, I was going to... Oh, wait, you're right. This has to be ranked. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. We didn't match for Guardians of the Galaxy. Good call. I totally forgot that we had yeah, to rank no, these. No, you're, you're, when we do... This is, if you're just joining us on the Top 5 Report, when we do our Top 5 lists, they're all kind of in our own specific order uh, that we want to talk about. But if we are talking a year, like to 2014, like we are tonight, it has to be a ranked list. So... Anyway, what's your first actual pick of the night? Yeah, so my first actual pick, I went with the movie uh, Nightcrawler, starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, this is basically the movie where he's kind of like this weird dude who ends up being a um, kind of like a disaster photographer or like a guy who like like if there's a car accident or if somebody gets injured or something, he chases down those calamities and uh, photographs them and then sells the footage to, uh, you know, your evening news or to newspapers and stuff like that. And uh, it's a very dark but very interesting movie. And it has this very it has this level of, um, you know, that that sort of classic quote, that sort of um, when you stare into the abyss, the, the abyss stares back into you. It has that sort of level like when you go into such a dark career path, you know, how does that affect your own morals and stuff like that? And are you going to become to the point where you sacrifice your own morals to get better uh photography shots and stuff like that um if that makes sense i if for anybody who hasn't seen this i don't want to spoil anything but the movie does get really dark but also in a very interesting introspective sort of way uh drew i don't know have you seen this movie i have this made my short list okay um, yeah i remember and i remember you talking about this a long time ago on the show bringing it up when you first saw it um 
And I remember when I was putting on my short list, I'm like, nah, this will probably make Peter's list. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I just don't have a lot to say about it, but yeah, it does get dark in these certain spots and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, my next one for the night is a movie called, uh, Need for Speed. Um, have you, have you ever seen Need for Speed? No, I still haven't seen this one. Okay. <laughs> this I feel did, I really feel like this did the, uh, street racing thing better than um fast and the furious i really do because fast and the furious stopped being about street racing and it started being about other weird stuff like there's spies now i guess i don't know um <laughs> the the movie what's really cool about need for speed is i really feel that the movie um got really like emotionally like I was emotionally invested in the characters. I was emotionally invested in the story and it made the action sequences and the racing emotionally driven. I never felt that with any Fast and the Furious movie I've ever seen. And this is okay. Need for Speed was an isolated one-off movie. Um, Aaron Paul, Imogen Poots, uh, Rami Malek. Um, who's the villain? Um, Who's uh Dakota Johnson's in it, but who's the guy? I for some reason I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um but they uh, Michael Keaton's in it. He has a really great cameo. Uh, he's actually more of a supporting character than just a cameo, but he's fantastic in the movie. Um I highly recommend it. It's really, really good. It's a lot of fun from the beginning to end. Um and it's one that like when I catch it on TV, a lot of times I'll stop and watch just because I think it's a really good movie. Um but yeah, so need for speed. It was definitely a, when I saw that it was like, oh, that's 2014 and done on the list, you know, so. Nice. Um, yeah, obviously I can't comment on it because I haven't seen the movie, but um, it's kind of cool that this is the sort of video game movie that everybody forgets about in that in that regard. Like, well, people, I feel like people don't think of this as a video game movie, but it I actually know. is. <laughs> I actually think this is the best video game movie. It may not necessarily be a full adaptation of the game itself, but. It's, I mean, it's, I just think it's fantastic. I might just share the name, but I think it's fantastic. Anyway. Nice. Um, what do you got for me? What's your next one? Yeah. So my number four pick, I went with, uh, X-Men day, days of, or days of future past. <laughs> it bugs me because I know the comic book, the comic book art is day, days of futures past, but the movie is singular future. And, uh, reading through it just now, I was like, I paused for a second. Cause I was like, wait, is it days or is it day? <laughs> right. But, um, either way, uh, this movie is I feel like when it comes to the X-Men films, there's a couple eras, you know, you have your original, your original, like three X-Men movies. And then we got X-Men first class. And that started like this new, like prequel era of the X-Men movies. And uh, I don't know, you may disagree with me, Drew, but days of future past to me is like the best out of that sort of prequel era. And possibly like it's a pretty high contender in the whole series in general um this is just like an awesome it's an awesome tra time travel movie it's an awesome superhero movie um everything just felt really epic and i think was just handled super well in this film um i don't really know 
I don't know how to expound on it too much. I just think it was like super, super solidly done. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Drew, or uh, so this yeah, where this sits with you. This one did make my short list. Okay. Uh, it is definitely, it is definitely the, in my opinion, the best of the newer X-Men films. Yeah. I think it's a high contender to possibly be the best X-Men film. This is, pr- this is definitely one of my absolute favorites when it comes to the X-Men movies. Um, I do prefer the rogue cut over the theatrical version. Um, okay. the rogue cut being the director's cut. I do prefer that one better. It's almost a completely different movie. If you watch the rogue cut, um, I don't know if the rogue cut is on Disney plus, but the movie itself is, um, this is one of my favorite X-Men stories in general. Uh, when you look at like, when you look at like the actual comic book story arcs and stuff, this is one of my favorites. Um, and Yeah. I don't really know what else to say on it. It's just the movie is fantastic. And if you like X-Men, if you like the superhero stuff, go watch this one because this one's amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. where it's like this one's so solid. It's hard to even know what to say. But um, it almost sounds like this should have made your list. <laughs> I can't lie. It, it made the short list. <laughs> That's for sure. No, uh, I know. I was I was just joking because you like just praised it so much. It's I just know. like, wow, I'm surprised this didn't make your list, but it's all good. I know. I know. Well, my next one for the night um, is the Lego movie. Uh, nice. First off, the Lego movie is amazing in all ways hum- possible. Not only is it the writing, the cinematography, the idea of the. Um, I'll, okay, hold on. I'll get to that in a minute. But the writing, the cinematography, the story that they told, um, the voice acting, the way it's all put together, the the understanding of all the different worlds, the understanding of this Lego universe that got created. And you're just like, wait, what? That's how that, you know. Um, but the thing that this movie does the most is it ultimately is telling a very heartwarming story about a kid and his dad. And. They, when they made this movie, they took a massive risk to do the Lego movie the way they did and then realized that it's really just a kid playing with Legos, which is ultimately what Legos are. And it's amazing how well they pulled that off. Um, it's a movie that completely surprised the hell out of me when you found out that it was when you find out at that point in the movie that it's just a kid playing with Legos and it's not and you're not watching a cartoon movie. It makes the movie a thousand times better and it makes you kind of go, I need to rewatch this looking at it through the prism of knowing it's a kid playing with his Legos. You know, it, yeah. it makes the movie so much cool and it makes it incredibly heartwarming. And I honestly think it's one of the best movies of the year. And it bums me out that it probably, I, I don't, I don't know if it won best animated picture, but it probably got beat out by some crappy movie like Rio two or something for animated. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd have so to many go, Rio 2 digs. In I'd, have, I'd have to look that up. My, my point is the fact that this movie is incredible. Um, if you haven't seen the Lego movie, because you're like, if I'm not watching that as a kid's movie, you're really, really missing out. You should watch that movie. But Yeah. So one, um, my One of my favorite parts of the movie, it's completely like irrelevant to what I was saying, because the uh, and it's one of my favorite parts because it makes me laugh so much and has nothing to do with the story. It has nothing to do with ever. There's a scene where Batman has to he's going to use his batarang to hit the button to open the door but the batarang the buttons on the other side of this uh these like bars like it's in a like a little jail cell kind of thing so he's throwing the batarang and it misses 
And then he throws like probably a hundred more batarangs and he finally hits it. And he goes, yeah, first try. Like it's, just, <laughs> it's just, it's such brilliant writing. And it's just, I laugh at it every single time. So anyway. Yeah. I, I, uh, we didn't match for this, but, uh, I, I definitely like the Lego movie quite a bit, but I don't think I could, uh, do it any more justice than anything that you just said, but um, just related to the sort of just animation in this movie, I'm kind of curious to look up like did this win any awards for best animated feature because it definitely is really good and it's very um, I think it was pretty innovative and experimental in how they did uh, how they animated this movie using Legos as just the, uh, for lack of a better term, building blocks to uh, create an animated feature. Um, in in animation, there's a cool thing that they do that's called um, a smear. So if you have like a 2D hand-drawn animated film, yeah. um, a smear is when if you pause it on a single frame, you will see like somebody's arm, let's say, is moving really fast and you see multiple shapes that represent that arm on a single frame. So when it moves really fast, it almost looks like a faded away. Like it's moving so, so fast. There's like bits of the arm faded behind it, if that makes sense. And the Lego movie, they have smears in there, but they make the smears out of Lego blocks. So if it's like a character who's predominantly red running super fast or jumping super fast, they will be smaller Lego pieces that are also red behind him in the frame that right. create that smear and it's a super creative just innovative way to work with um that sort of shape i think the lego movie is like a combination of like cg and stop motion but i'm not really sure but um i yeah i know a lot of it i'm pretty sure some of it or a lot of it's cg so i didn't want to make it sound like it's all hand done but at the same time i think using legos as the template to animate a film i think things like that like those smears they incorporated were really really smart like really cool moves so yeah yeah all righty um what's your next one for the night then yeah my next one um i can probably keep this pretty short but my number three pick is the amazing spider-man 2 we've talked about this movie a lot um drew i know you don't like um the depiction of electro before he gets his powers in this movie <laughs> um honestly, but that's honestly the biggest problem with the movie yeah <laughs> in my opinion otherwise yeah. everything else is great go ahead mm -hmm. no overall i just i thought that this movie was a really cool really fun superhero flick um and i've, I've enjoyed it a lot i've seen it multiple times i think it's just I think it's just a really good movie, and I know this is one of the superhero movies that a lot of other people don't really like, <laughs> so <laughs> we can delve into that longer some other time, because I don't know what to say that I haven't said about this movie on the podcast before, but uh, it's definitely my number three pick. I do think that uh, whether you like this movie or hate it, you can't deny that the Spider-Man costume in this movie looks so badass. I think it's it does. one it, of the contenders for one of the best live action versions. So, yeah, 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 it does. There's a lot of great in this movie. It's just the, my problem with it is the 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 pre-electro electro. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know who gave him. I don't know if he decided. If, I don't know if that was. You know, Jamie Foxx making those character choices or if it was a direction from the director. But that's just it's like they watched Batman forever and said, see what Jim Carrey's doing? Do that. And it's just no. Sorry. 
we we already saw is, the character. That's why, like, so anyway. Yeah, which which is okay. And I was gonna say, like, that's a nitpick where you, Drew, you'll actually explain it. I know a lot of people who say that this movie sucks, but they never like really give any reasons why. <laughs> So I think that's kind of interesting, too. They just know they don't like it for whatever reason, I guess. But uh, right. I don't know. That I, is what I, it is. So. If I don't like a movie, I try to tell you why. Mm. And um, I know this, a lot of times people will be like, yeah, that movie sucked. And I'll be like, why? And they, like you said, a lot of times they can't like, explain why they don't like the movie. <laughs> right. It happens a lot. Um, anyway, what's uh, it's my it's my pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I don't have to talk about this much because we've talked about it a lot. It comes up in conversations sometimes, and that's Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, for uh, your number two pick? For my number two pick. Hey, um, we actually matched for number two. <laughs> uh, this is the best Marvel movie, period. Sorry. I know everyone who thinks it's probably Endgame or Infinity War or they want to throw out something else at me, but for my money, this is the best Marvel movie and it's not just because of the story or the characters. This is the most well put together Marvel movie, in my opinion, from beginning to end. You could probably watch it isolated without anything else going on and know what's coming or like know the precursors or anything like that. It's it's essentially an espionage movie with Marvel characters. Yeah. It's so well formulated. It's yeah, I just it's the best one. So, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. I would agree with all that. And I think this is a movie that um, it's elevated to the point of like, yeah, Marvel makes some really awesome MCU superhero films. But I think this movie is elevated to a level above that. Not saying that I don't love uh, superhero films. Like, of course I do. But I think this movie is like it becomes this espionage sort of conspiracy thriller movie that's just on another level. And I think it's hard to say because there is like, I do, I think there's me personally, there are MCU movies that I like better than this, but on paper, this is objectively one of the best movies. And it comes down to the craft and how well it's written and how well it's structured and um, just how well the movie is actually executed. And I love that this movie has a pretty like it has a pretty complex plot when you compare it to other MCU movies. Like this is a movie that if you stop paying attention for a couple minutes, you are going to miss stuff. And I really love that about this movie. It's very dense in the best way possible. So, um, yeah, also, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but it also is a Marvel movie that when they say it changes the landscape of the Marvel universe, this one actually did. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And, it, and I'm specifically referring to the, shield is actually hydra yeah like that actually changed the landscape of the marvel universe um in ways that other marvel movies that they made that claim for don't (laughs) so um another kind of random thing i was thinking about um while putting my list together was i was thinking about this movie and also thinking about uh teenage mutant ninja turtles both of those movies had two of the best elevator scenes I've seen in so long, and they came out in the same year. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny, oh, too. So. That's funny. Who did it better? Um, <laughs> well, the Ninja Turtles one is more of just the turtles, like, messing around and beatboxing in the elevator. <laughs> oh, OK. <still. laughs> um, so my last pick for the night, uh, which is my favorite movie of the year, is Gone Girl. 
Um, oh, awesome. This movie is so good. The mystery, the acting, the cinematography, um, the story behind getting the film together about how they took, they took a long time for them to get that movie together and like piece it together in terms of getting the script right and all that stuff. Fincher's directing is top notch. Um, this, this movie is just, and this, and when you mentioned rewatchability earlier and you mentioned Gone Girl, um, it made me laugh a little bit because like, this is a movie I think I can watch over and over and over and over again because of all the pieces of the puzzle that play out. It's just such a good movie and it's a surprise. And I like, and it's one of those movies that would be really fun to like watch with someone who actually has no idea what it is. And just kind of like when the turn comes in the movie, you just kind of turn and like, look to see their response. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. When, it's like this is where it comes you just kind of turn and watch the person as opposed to the screen like it's just the coolest it's and it's a and it's if you don't if you didn't read the book i don't want to call it a twist but when you get to that middle part of the film and they flipped it up flip the coin on you and you're like wait what's really going on you know it's so it's so good um thoughts on gone girl <laughs> yeah well so when it comes to uh what I was saying earlier is like I do understand like Gone Girl is like a really rewatchable film, and like you said, like you were saying, like finding all those little pieces to the puzzle is really awesome and really rewarding. Um, the reason that it didn't make my list was just kind of there's a couple other movies that I. It's one of those things that I rewatch more because this movie, after also watching on it, did defensive, Peter. You don't have to like defend yourself. Well, no. <laughs> well, because I I think you didn't understand what I meant though is kind of where I was, I was coming no, from. I understood <laughs> what you meant. I was just giving you crap because I thought it was funny. Anyway. Okay, well I I guess I'm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're you're walking me into a corner, and all I was saying is like, there's just certain <laughs> movies that put me in a better mood, so they made sure. my list. Um, but yeah, whatever, Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> whatever gone girl uh no the movie's fantastic it's definitely my favorite of the year um what do you got for me peter what's your final pick of the night yeah um i so, can take a guess yeah i definitely didn't bury the lead but i went with uh guardians of the galaxy for my last pick um yeah. this movie is this is another one where where like yes it puts me in a good mood but this is also one of those movies that I think out of all the movies that I've talked about, I've probably rewatched this one the most. Like, this is just such a blast to watch. It's such a such a good film. And I think in a completely in a completely different way, like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, this movie, I do think, is elevated a little bit out of the MCU because it's one of those movies that I think a lot of people saw who weren't big Marvel fans. Like, like a lot of people know it was part of the MCU. <laughs> Or they just didn't care. Like, they were just like, this looks awesome. Like, this looks like a awesome, like, sci-fi romp about this ragtag group of characters. And I think that's, uh, it's kind of cool that it stands on its own like that. Like, it's just a really fun, really good sci-fi movie that also happens to be intricately woven into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, that's why I love it. It's just great. There's so many good characters. There's a great soundtrack. It's a great story in general so this is this is one of the ones where it's like 
Captain America, the Winter Soldier, I do think is objectively probably a better movie, but I think I love Guardians of the Galaxy more. <laughs> and I think if you go back to our episode where we ranked the entire MCU, I think I kind of came to that conclusion as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that's what that was. I can go back and look, but I believe that's what that was. Um, all right, man. Well, that brings us to the end of the list. Um, what we're going to do next week, I'm going to throw you in a comic book curveball because I was just looking and I realized we haven't done this one yet, bizarrely. Um, and But we're about to deal with a little bit of the multiverse. So uh, with Doctor Strange coming out this weekend. Um, so I figured let's talk about uh, our favorite things from that Marvel multiverse and talk about our favorite Marvel story arcs. Okay. Um, because we did DC story arcs a long time ago. I dug through the list and like, oh, we did DC a while back, but we never did Marvel. And I don't know why. So, um, yeah, Marvel story arcs next week. Um, so I just thought that'd be kind of cool with Doctor Strange coming out and dealing with, uh, all the different facets of the Marvel universe. So, okay, uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, anything else before we throw this episode in the can? Um, no. Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> All right, well, everyone, do us a favor and check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can hit us up there. Our social media either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, um, because, um, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at drew three, nine, two, seven. I just posted some of my, uh, galaxy's edge photos on my Instagram page for star Wars day. So check those out. Um, Peter, what about you? Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be reminding you that due to his x-ray vision, you will never see Clark Kent cleaning his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i actually saw i saw a meme related to that and i just wanted to set the record straight there so <laughs> right, right. Um, all right well for the top five report i'm drew i'm peter and we'll see you next week everybody thanks for listening mm-hmm.